Good evening, Matt. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. We're back with yet another episode of Don't Give a Buck. Um, except this time, it's the end of the regular season. It's done. We're finished. The season is over. The playoffs are here. The good part, the bit we've all been waiting for. It is. And this is where we we start our um, run to become back-to-back champions, which we are, of course, going to do. Yep. 16 wins to go. That's it. And we're going to have the first four swept with Chicago as soon as we get started. But we'll get on to <laughs> that one later on. I'm pretty confident on that. Anyway, back to tonight. Happy Milwaukee Day, by the way. 4-14. I only oh, yeah. learned last yeah. year what that actually meant. I have no <laughs> idea. Backwards dates. What do you know? Um, right. Now, we obviously spent the we spent two episodes at the start of the season before the before the season started chatting about where we thought people or what team sorry were going to finish where. It's kind of been hit or miss. Not going to lie. Yeah, there's been some interesting things that have that have happened that have that have changed um, where we thought people would be. Uh, some some teams we've got very right. Some teams we've got very wrong. I'm going to hold my hands up. I have got one majorly wrong. I stupidly backed the super team. That was the Lakers to win the Western Conference. I think we all did. Uh, I had them second. Uh, nine places above where they actually finished. Yeah, um, that would be catastrophically bad. Never in a million years did I imagine the San Antonio Spurs pipping the Lakers to a playing spot. Yeah, I mean, it's quite the capitulation. It's a, it's a lesson in how not to run a, run a team, I guess. Um I feel bad. For, I feel bad for Frank Vogel. Uh, He's been a bit of a scapegoat, isn't he? Not only did yeah. he find out he got sacked via the internet, but you know, he won. I know it was the bubble championship, so it's a little bit different. And you know, say say what you wish about it, right? But it's still a championship, nonetheless. No matter how you look at it. And and that Lakers team was pretty decent. Like, yeah. obviously, they won a championship. So they had to be pretty good. The Heat weren't great as a as competition. The East was pretty poor that year. But you know, they were still um, they were still a good team. And, you know, even if they'd had the exact same team going into the next year and not had bad injury luck or even had that team going into this year, then you're probably looking at like a, a, a decent level contender. Somebody not on like Suns level, but, you know, you're talking where we put them, basically, at, at, at the top of the at the top of the West. But then, you know, I, th- I think I think we talked about the issues. I, I remember saying I remember saying in, in, in that video or video or the podcast, um, I said, you know, I put them two because I thought they were going to be a great team in the regular season that uh you know it's, it's all going to work really well in the regular season and then they'll get to the playoffs and it'll all go wrong because the spacing won't work in the playoffs and it's all going to go and it would and it'll go horribly horribly wrong there and who and then it will all fall apart uh that, that all happened way 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 before the playoffs which is um which surprised me but uh, you know that was it. They, just, they went absolute shit wasn't it now you know we can sit and talk about them all day but everyone knows my opinion on lebron james right <laughs> Great player, arsehole of a man. But him, because obviously he, at the start of the last season, he was one who kind of brought Westbrook in. He was really pushing for it. Kind of sort of overstepped his mark, in my opinion, on what he wanted to do. That Surely he has to look at himself now and think, what the fuck have I done here? Because he had his, his tweets at the start of the season last year going on about, you know, look at all our ages, look at this, look at that, remember that. Funnily enough, we've all remembered it, and he's been very quiet. Yeah, when you... um. I think it was Magic Johnson uh, who, who talked about the the what 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 the Lakers were originally going to do, what the ownership were going to do, is they were going to do the set a similar sort of trade uh, for the um a similar sort of trade for the as the Westbrook one, but they they would have sent part of part of that to uh, the Spurs for DeRozan in the sign and trade, and they would have sent part of it to 
the Kings at the time for Buddy Hill. And and when you look when you when you look back and consider, you know, if that Lakers team has Buddy Hill and DeRozan instead of Westbrook, it's a completely different team, and it's a team that can probably go on and challenge, uh, especially with the year DeRozan's been having as well. So. I was going to say because that's also a big thing there that we'll touch on when we speak about the Bulls this season anyway. But DeRozan's had himself a hell of a year. You know, people were giving the Bulls pelters last year for signing, which also they've kept all those receipts and they have enjoyed reminding folk of what what they all say, but. The Lakers team with him, you know, Westbrook elsewhere. That'd be interesting to see. Uh, and it's fair enough. Like, I I trusted the um the DeRozan signing. A lot of people said that it was it was it was bad and it was you know a lot of waste of money. And people people now still talk about the Vucevic trade as that was that was negative for them because they uh obviously they traded two first round picks, Wendell Carter, who's very who's been very good for Orlando, and then the the pick turned into Franz Wagner, who's been probably what the fourth best rookie maybe in a very yep. good rookie class. You go last year, you know, he's probably you know, maybe two years before he's probably competing for rookie of the year. It's just this year we've got so many, so many good rookies. So many good ones. But yeah, Franz Wagner's been really, really good. And so they're saying, oh, well, if you if you add him and Wendell Garth, you're probably even better than Vucevic because every time, every time Giannis and Giannis sees Vucevic, it's uh, it's dinner time. But um DeRozan said one of the reasons he went to Chicago was because of Vucevic anyway. Uh, so nope. that doesn't happen if they don't have Vucevic. And so, you know, Chicago fans, it was the right move. Don't don't worry. <laughs> That's maybe the nicest thing we'll ever say about the Bulls on this podcast. <laughs> no, obviously, let me say, we've both touched on there. We had the Lakers much higher up in our predictions. I think we both agreed that the Suns were going to be top two. I did yep. not expect the Suns to fly away as much as they have. Yeah, I had I had Suns three. I had Utah one. Um, which you did. which uh, Utah Utah's fall from grace has been quite interesting. It, it's been coming a couple of seasons. I think them not really doing what they need to do in the playoffs, being so good in the regular season, and they're not really being able to carry it over. They had some injuries this year. Joe Ingles went out for the whole season, and he's quite important for them. Jordan Clarkson wasn't as good as he was last year, um, and so they haven't been as good. And you know, one of one of the one of those two are leaving. I think Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert, one of them is going to go. I don't know which one it's going to be. Uh, I look at Rudy Gobert and I think you put him on the Charlotte Hornets and the Charlotte Hornets suddenly become very, very good because all they lack is a yeah. very good center. And I think that if, if that happens somehow, give PJ Washington to, I don't know. That's yeah, a that, to see. Interesting, <laughs> interesting to see to me. It would be very interesting to watch. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have a chance yeah, yeah. to listen back or look through notes to find out who I actually put where. My wife has got COVID at the moment, so I've been running around helping her. However... I'm pretty confident I had the Jazz fourth or fifth, or I might have had them higher than that. I think I might have had them third. Well, there we go. I think I had well the Warriors lower down. Who again, to be honest, they came to surprise me again this year. It was the Warriors. The Grizzlies have flown up. I don't think I had them as high as that. Yeah. It's well, the second place they took. Yeah, I had. I, I think we had very similar. For, for both conferences, I think our bottom our bottom 15 to 8 were all the same. So I think we can we can discuss that. Yeah. I had them 9. You probably also had them 9. And they ended up so, seventh, you know, so, not seventh, seven places higher. Yeah, I've absolutely flown through. Um, one thing I definitely did not have was the Spurs making the planes. I, I don't, I, nah, I don't believe yeah. that at all. I had them, I think I had them 11th or 12th. I think I actually had the Kings above them. I, I had the Spurs 13th and the Kings above them in 12th. And the Kings did come 12th. So there we go. We were both right on that one, I think. There you go. And then, you know, apart from that, I think everything else is pretty normal. You know, the, the Nuggets took sixth relatively comfortably in the end of both the Timberwolves who took in um, seventh and who have actually taken a seventh seed because they won last night or the night before, didn't they? Yeah. They beat this the Clippers. This, had, this, had this podcast been recorded two days ago, we could have got our predictions in 
and I think I would have predicted all the people that did win to win. So <laughs> well, <laughs> it's easy to say it now, but I yeah. think for so all, the, I, all the all the good teams won, right? So. So who we've got, obviously, Brooklyn beat Cleveland, which we knew was going to happen anyway in the playoffs. But I think we could all agree they were taking the seventh seed. I did have Atlanta beating the Hornets, but I didn't have them hammering them as much as they did. No, but... They gave them again, quite a beat. The Hornets gave up 150 or something to the pace last year in the playoffs. Yeah, so. that is true. That is true. That's, I'm telling you, they can't defend. Give them Rudy Gobert. Give them someone who's comp- competent defensively. They're, they're, mm-hmm. And they're a scary team. But no, no, until... No, no, until until they can defend, then they're going to be, you know, playing elimination oh, every year. We can still predict one game, right? So, obviously, Minnesota got, beat yeah. the Clippers to mm-hmm. the seed in the West, which put the Clippers into the 8-9 playing, right? I watched part of the Pelican-Spurs game at work last night, and I'm not going to lie, it wasn't a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> it didn't, uh, don't get me wrong, the crowd were pretty decent, but it didn't seem like a playoff game. It yeah. looks like one of those bottom league games that you're watching. It's just on because, I don't know, Sky Good Sports job. have decided to put it on telly for some reason. <laughs> yeah, However, <laughs> I have the Clippers beating the Pelicans. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I, I, I don't think that's going to be a contest, in all honesty. I think I think what will be far more of a contest is going to be Atlanta versus Cleveland. That's going to be... <laughs> yeah. that, that's actually going to be a close game. Especially because be game. Cleveland have so... Well, have injuries. Right. Uh, they're sort of getting back now, but they still don't have Jarrett Allen and they've looked worse without him. Um, and Trey Young can do Trey Young things given a game. I mean, we saw it in the Eastern Conference Finals last year that, that Trey true. Young can just have a game where he's incredible and just wins a game. And he no, could definitely fine. do it in the play. I think, to be honest, I think he will. You know, obviously we've touched on where we had teams in the East. Atlanta were one team I had a lot higher in the... Uh, sorry, I talk, spoke on where teams were going to be in the West. Atlanta were a team I had a lot higher in the East. I didn't I, have them in the Flames. I think we both had Atlanta and the Knicks very mm-hmm. hard. I think we because yeah. realistically we're, we're coming off of last year's playoffs and we're thinking you know Atlanta were really good in the playoffs. They, this team you know they they definitely one one to go there and they just they, they weren't. I don't know why. Well, if I'm if I'm if I'm right in remembering, we actually sat there and spoke about how good a young team Atlanta were and mm-hmm. they had the potential to sort of be there or thereabout for a good four or five years. Yeah, with that the is, team they were building. But then somehow. It just it just hasn't just hasn't happened this year, I guess. No, it really hasn't, you know. But then again, you look at that, and they were only what one game away from finishing seventh, in essence, because the record was that close between seventh and tenth. And I think they were only what three games out from actually getting sixth. So they they weren't far, but I think given how tight the East was, I think it's maybe unfair to say completely that finishing ninth was a shoddy place to finish. But I did expect them a lot higher than that. I think I had them fourth or fifth. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of us really saw how tight the East was going to be. Like, th- there's the same amount of games between the one seed and like the seven seed as there is between the seventh and the tenth out in out in the West. Like, it's yeah, it's mad. It's insane. But one team. Now, I, I obviously had I, I chose the Bucks to take the one seed in the East. Right? <laughs> I think you had them second. I had them second behind the Nets. the Nets. Which, to be fair to the Nets, as much as we dislike the Nets and we give them stick and everything, they've had a lot of injuries this year. Yeah, when they when they oh. had KD, they were the one seed, and then he mm-hmm. went out for twenty games, and they lost eleven in a row. And yeah, that's and that's just... how they felt. And those eleven in a row, you look at eleven games. If they'd won those eleven games, they'd be the one seed. So you know, well, they wouldn't have even needed to win all eleven. They only would have needed exactly eight, to... nine. So which you would expect of them to have won if they had KD. Yeah, they would have won a lot more of them for sure. Although to be fair, right, the team that took the two seed, I did not expect. Right, I didn't expect Boston to be flying high. I mean, you look at Boston 
on that Christmas Day game, and they were they were really in the dumps. I, there, there was a chance they weren't going to make the playoffs. Yep. I, I remember talking with our All Star games, our All Star teams. I, I don't I don't remember if I did select either Brown or Tatum, but I remember saying that they can't have both at least. Yeah. Because um, you know, yeah, that, that they weren't good enough to have both two elite two All Stars. Like the team was they were the ninth or the eighth seed or something at the time. And I was thinking, yeah, you can't, you can't give a team like that um, to all stars. Awesome. But then, you know, here, here they are. <laughs> but they've had an incredible 2022. Like from so, so we're saying that that Christmas Day game, that was, I think, that was a bit of kicking the balls to the result mm. because I'm not right in saying they led for good chunks of that and really probably yep. should have taken the win. Our first lead of the game yeah. was 10 oh, seconds to go. Yeah, it? exactly. The, oh, now I'm pretty sure I had them in the playing spots. I don't think I actually had them in the... Yeah, I had them eight. Had, I had eight. I, yeah, and there you go. And even then, because we, well, we only spoke a few weeks ago when they were still sitting down in late sixth about where they were going to finish. And I still said that I thought they were going to slip down a couple of spots. I didn't think they were going to maintain the performances they were putting in. And, you know, I've been made to look like a dick. They, they've had something like the best defence in NBA history in 2022, if you only include 2022. Yeah. Oh, and they've got they've got the defensive player of the year front runner at the moment as well. That's Wait, okay. To, you know, this yeah. is this is this is a good way to talk about this because this has actually really annoyed me. I hate the fact that Marcus Smart is going to win a defensive player of the year because of this Celtics rating thing. Yes. And it is the reason he's he's getting it is because the Celtics have an extremely extremely good defensive line. I don't want to take that away from the Celtics, but the reason they have been is because it's because of Robert Williams. Um, yeah. he's been playing. So, so, so what they've been doing in their defensive scheme, he's been playing the Giannis role with Al Horford being their um, their Brook Lopez dropping and sitting, and then Rob Williams just come along and, and playing like Giannis essentially. And Giannis on defense is, you know, one of the best defenders in the league. And mm-hmm. because of that, their defense has been so anchored. And my, basically, if this was the Bucks, what's happened is Giannis has gone down with five games to go in the season or whatever. And they've had the best defensive rating. And so Drew Holiday's automatically picked up DPOY, which isn't, you know, I, I would love Drew Holiday to get defensive player of the year. But he's a he's a better defense, he's a better defender than Marcus Smart. Mikael Bridges is, is a better defender than Marcus Smart. Give it to him. I wouldn't mind Correct. Mikael Bridges winning it. He's fine. Give it to Jaron Jackson Jr. He's fun. Not Marcus uh, Smart. He, he's not fun. Nobody likes No, no, mate. Your rant is exactly where I was going with this. That <laughs> it makes no sense at all. You know, yeah. it, it's a personal award, it's not a team award. And they've been playing really, really good team defense because of all of those pieces. Jason Tatum's been playing really well defensively. Jalen Brown is a really good defender. Al Horford's been playing good defense. And Marcus Smart, he's 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 just a guy that's he has a reputation for for being annoying. He's like Patrick Beverly, right? Like like mm-hmm. they're they're both good defenders and they're both annoying, and they're both just annoying gits. And that's the sort of reputation they have. But it works. And he's gonna he's gonna win a defensive player of the year because of it, which is kind of nuts. I yeah. hope Mikael Bridges manages to get it because I like Mikael Bridges. It's a pretty sure. I, I obviously wanted Giannis to win it, and for a while I thought he was going to. Me too. I, think... I was I was convinced that he was just going to not necessarily scam his way, but he hasn't been he hasn't been his best this year because we haven't had Brook. Because we haven't had Brook, he hasn't been able to do the the Giannis defensive things that he he's supposed to do, where he sort of floats and then can just shut down anyone that comes close to him. This year he's had to be the be the rim manager himself. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been attacked by my puppy that's just came to join me, so she is now coming to sit on the camera with us. So if you hear any whining, it's not me. Okay. But um, no, yeah. spot on. It's, it's just it's bizarre. I don't understand how it's worked. Yeah, you know, in fact, in fact, give it to your man. You, you love Bam, 
and I think honestly, he might he might have a he he might deserve it over well he does deserve it over Marcus Smart. Well, that's the thing, all right? Because see if you touch on the MVP whole side of things on this, right? And I know we're also talking with Depoy. This isn't where I'm going with, right? But the people talk about how Jokic can't win it because he's a sixth seed in the West, right? So he shouldn't win MVP. Surely, if you go on that theory, Bam should win it as Defensive Player of the Year because he's on the one seed. But then Marcus Marshall win it because he's on the best defensive team in the league. <laughs> Touche. Touche. But no, honestly, give, give it to Rob Williams. I, I think he deserves it. He's been he's out, so he doesn't even get the vote. I don't even know if he's played enough games. I don't care. Give it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it over 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 Marcus Smart. Let's have a look. How how, how are the votings going? Oh, Marcus Smart is running away with it. Oh dear. Yeah. Which is it's really annoying though, because it's quite clear that people have just looked at the last couple of months and went, right, fuck it. Who's had a good couple of months? I can't remember the start of the season. Let's just give it to him. Yeah. You know what I am what I am happy about though. Rudy Gobert's not going to win it. No. He might finish that's, higher than Giannis though. He is going to finish. He's going to come third. What a scam. Yeah, that's that's bollocks. But again, going back to MVP, it looks like Giannis isn't even going to win the MVP award this year. No. He's not going to. I is he going to come second? No. Uh no, he's not. He's going to come third, which is I ridiculous. Think, I think they need to change that award, right? Or add in another award, right? You've got Defensive Player of the Year, and then you've got the Most Valuable Player, right? You don't have an Offensive Player of the Year, right? However, MVP quite clearly is just a fucking Offensive Player of the Year award. Name something else. The issue is, if you um, if you look at the defensive advanced stats, then Jokic is better is a better defender than, than Giannis and, and Joel Embiid, which is stupid because he's not. But no, because... But... The, the reason that Jokic dominates the advanced stat numbers is because he does stuff that the advanced stats love. And so pe- quite quite a lot of the time, you'll see a big chart of, you know, why why things that mean Jokic should be MVP, things that mean Giannis should be MVP, things that mean Embiid should be MVP. And I saw one, it was like, oh, five things on this list show that Giannis should be it, five things show that Embiid should be, 40 of them show that it should be Jokic, right? But then all of those stats, just a lot of them are just the same. Like, <laughs> not to be rude to them, but they just stat pattern with like loads of different random abbreviations. They're like, oh yeah, um, Raptor, you know, there's Le- LeBron, whatever that one means. Um, and there's, uh, I don't know, there's all sorts of different ones. Um, but they all value rebounding really, really highly, especially de- def- defensive rebounding. And Jokic leads the lead, leads the league in rebounding because he's a center, of course he does. Um, Giannis is like second or third. And that's why they're um, they're up there in these advanced stats is because they rebound the ball, and that and that's why they're they're in the defensive metrics. And that's so it kind of skews some of the stuff. It does. I just think it's shit that it's a very weird way for them to do it. I think they should just add the other award because I know they've got the scoring title, but that's not quite the same. No. Yeah. I know know that's his staff because if you're scoring points, you're clearly doing well offensively. But there's quite clearly more to be an offensive player than just thinking. I just feel like it's just not fairly worked out for MVP. The MVP is weird to to talk about. Especially also, because, bugs, sorry, it bugs the hell out of me as well that they stop it at the regular season. Yeah, well, and there there should be a well, yeah. yeah. Giannis is going to be I, one of the best. Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't finals MVP, but why not have a playoffs MVP? You know, yeah, add other things in there because you could have Trey Young last year single-handed MVP took the Hawks to the Eastern Conference final. I mean. There's an argument there that Trey Young would win Offensive Player of the Year every year because offensively, mm-hmm. yeah. well, defensively is tragic. Yeah, um, that, that is very true. 
Anyway, we have been completely sidetracked there by I don't know what passion. Neither do I, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Boston. Sorry, talking about Boston and from there we fucking went away, didn't we? Right. Boston and Brooklyn, all right. Obviously, none of us had Brooklyn down in seventh seed, but that is going to be a hell of a series. Yes, that is. And I think, you know, I I, I reckon Boston could win. For sure. Um, I think they will. I think I think it's going to be a seven-gamer either way. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, be, have uh, them, yeah. I have them winning that one. Not, but don't get me wrong. I feel like it'll be tight. It will be seven games, but I reckon they will take it, and it will be home court that will do it for them. Yeah, I, I, I still haven't done my playoff bracket yet because, well, I, I know, I, I know what I want to do in my head, but because the playing teams haven't been decided, I haven't officially yeah. done it. Got to hold off just to wait. I think, I think Miami in the East are going to take the first round. They're a team that I really don't know what to do, what to think about for the playoffs. I Especially think, like. Because they were so bad last year in the playoffs. Yeah. It's I, still stand, really, by that. Really I still stand by it was game one that ruined it for the Heat last year against us because we took them over to him, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And then from there, they just capitulated. It was like they gave up despite yeah. one, one game. However, I reckon they will get to the second round this year. Yeah, I think they will too. Who, who are they? They're playing Atlanta or Cleveland. Though. Cleveland I think they'd be, yeah. Unless Cleveland managed to get back healthy and really good healthy quickly, I, which I doubt they will this year. Yeah. Next year, I, maybe. But, I reckon they are taking the series in five or six games. Yeah, pr- probably five against either of the teams. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe six against the Hawks, uh, five against the Cavs maybe as well, I'd say. I'd, I'd but, like it to go six, just so that it tires them out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And, I know that's sounds daft, but, you know. Yeah, and, and we'll see how, how that goes, because I really don't know what to make of them as a playoff team, because they're, t- they're so good because their depth is really nice, they've got a really deep bench. And any one guy can step up on a night and, and, and give you those numbers. But when it comes to playoff basketball, it needs to be your your stars that are doing the, the, the producing. You don't have 13-man rotations. You don't have, no. you know, Max Struess coming off the bench giving you 30 or whatever, like from nine threes or something stupid. Exactly. But and so uh, will Jimmy Butler be good or will Jimmy Butler be bad basically is what their entire season resides on. I'm going to put money on he's going to be shit, but Tyler Hero will get them through the first series. Yeah, maybe. Because, yeah, maybe let's that, be honest, realistically, he is looking at a sixth man of the year award. And oh, I mean, he's sweeping. He's going to get unanimous, yeah, surely. Correct. Surely, if he doesn't win it, then there's quite clearly an issue. And while it is, re- it is stupid to an extent, right? But you had this problem with Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams. But you, When you have these six mans, or six, man, six men, who come off the bench after two minutes and play the rest of the game. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, yeah, you are a six-man, technically. But, like, you're playing more minutes than most most starters. <laughs> there, there should but, be a minutes yeah. limitation for it. Maybe. Because <laughs> that would be like saying that Bobby Porter should be able to win it this year. Where yeah. Realistically, he started a handful of games and then went back to his bench roll when Brooks came back. Yeah, you have him. Um, what, what I'm looking forward to, though, is, is, is the Giannis Six-Man of the Year award. Where just next year or something for just no reason we're just like hey, you know <laughs> start start him on the bench two minutes in here he comes, <laughs> in yeah, he comes well, talking to people getting benched obviously he had Jeru Holiday got himself a three hundred thousand dollar bonus oh what a play purely for making one turtle in eight seconds it was mental big fan of that great play <laughs> but, that's actually mentality that you need though because it is oh, I'm a big fan of that smart as well <laughs> exactly you know what he deserves it so why not you, you could tell he wasn't going to play either because he didn't have his hair up because both him and Darius Garland wear their hair down mm-hmm. when they're not playing basketball. When they are playing, they look pretty stupid because their hair is like... <laughs> yeah, it's just tied up. <laughs> I feel like a big pineapple. But, um, 
in, in that game, he, he had most of his hair down. Like, he was coming straight out of the game. <laughs> that was it. He knew exactly where it was going, didn't he? Right, so we've got Miami coming out against either the Hawks or the, Cle- um, the Cavs. Right, who have you got between Philly and Toronto? <laughs> oh, honestly, uh, Philadelphia have become my least favourite team in the NBA. Yeah. By, by a distance. And I'm a huge fan of the Toronto Raptors now. We're like, you know, let's put the past behind us. You know, there's a rocky relationship there with Raptors fans. But this year, this year, huge fan, huge fan. Uh, I've got, I've got, I've got the Raptors in seven. Raptors, Raptors in seven. I reckon you are correct on that one because am I not right in saying Philly are going to be missing one of their best players through COVID vaccines? Ah yes, Matisse Thibault. And, and that's, that's the one. Can't remember his name. He who, is not who, their, Yeah, he's their he's their best defender. So. Correct. So he cannot play in Canada, therefore they're going to be missing a huge hole. So there's three games right away mm-hmm. that you're potentially looking at where they're going to lose. Especially away from home when you need or you, or you can get, you know, exactly. a, a man advantage away from home is big. Do the Raptors then go on to play the Nets? That could be funny. That would be a great series. <laughs> because then Kyrie doesn't get to play. <laughs> oh, no, they would actually. Yeah. Which, oh, fuck. I think that's a uh, <laughs> Could you imagine if New York still had the mandate in place that Kyrie couldn't play home games? And, and then, then he couldn't play any to... games. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely so that, So that's what I thought. I was kind of hoping that the Raptors were going to stay in the playing game. If the Raptors are seventh and the Nets are eighth, then Kyrie doesn't get to play in the playing. And maybe the Nets. That's true. To that's the a eighth. Good point, actually. But there you yeah. go. But that's, that, that, that was when we were the second seed and I was dreaming of not having to face the Nets. <laughs> That is very true. Although, right, so then we've got the Boston-Brooklyn series. We've got that going seven. I reckon Boston are winning that. And then we've got the Bucks and the Bills. Which is going to be the only round of the first round in the East, which will be a sweep. You are correct. Unfortunately. We've already won four games this series out of four. Sorry, four games this season out of four against them. I see us winning the next four. I don't think they've got what it takes to beat us. They've only won, what, one in the last 16 times that Yanis has played, I think it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, and to top that off, that was the last game of the regular season last year where we didn't play pretty much anybody. We had like a yeah. different team out because we didn't care. That that might have even been the game where we could have swept the division and we didn't sweep the division because we lost them. You're correct. It was. It was that. Yeah. But I have us winning in four, which if we do means that my Bucks hype train video gets to play four times in a row on Twitter <laughs> that I managed to get Rory to make me, which is a work of art for all the wrong reasons. The stupidest video of all time. <laughs> uh, honestly, you read my mind. When I tried to describe what I wanted, it was exactly what that was. If you've not seen it, go on Twitter, find it, you'll love it. But I have us sweeping the bills. Apart from apart from the Rosen, I'm really not that worried about any other players. Honestly, I'm more worried about Zach Levine than I am DeMar DeRozan. So it's going to be interesting to see what lineups we put out in the playoffs. Against the mm-hmm. Bulls, we're definitely going to be starting Wes. It'll be interesting to see who we start later down the line. But Wes, he's definitely going to be starting against the Bulls. Um, purely because he gets the DeMar DeRozan assignment. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how many of these you watched. But it, it, in the games he has shot against us, here we go. So he shot 60% against us. Very good game. Scored 40. Um, and they lost by 21. So, you know, that's that. that. All. After that, he shot 40% from the field against us in a 28-point loss. He scored 21. And then he scored 29 in the six-point loss, but he shot 36% from the field. And I think that was the game where we had Wesley on 
on him for most of it. And he was just, um, yeah, because the, uh, I can't remember, but he was bad. He was very bad in that game. And he's going to put up the numbers, but he won't do it efficiently. And yeah, we'll, we'll win. I, what I was going to ask, I don't know if Lonzo Ball's playing. I don't know what no, he's still injured. He's, as he now came out the other week and said that he's still having issues. He's had Maybe. a couple of different surgeries to whatever it was. I think it was his ACL, was it, that he's injured? It's something bad. He's, had a, he's, had a, he's been trying various different techniques to get back to full fitness, but has pretty much failed. Yeah. Um, I can't he's, remember exactly what he's came out to say, but pretty much I don't think we're going to see him in the playoffs. If, if Alonso plays, they might be able to get a game, I'd say, because he'll probably end up slowing down Drew or Chris for, mm-hmm. for at least one yeah. night. And yep. they, they might be able to nick one game there. But if he's not playing, then I, I can't see them. They're not going to be able to stop Giannis. Brook Lopez yeah. had something like 29 points in the last game. Oh, right? I reckon we're going to get a tenacity masterclass at some point through this as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not not even in point scoring. He's just going to come on the court like he did against the Nets last season. Right? He's just going to come on and just go bananas. Right? right. And have right. great fun for like five minutes and then never be seen again. It's going to, it's going to, be, it is going to be fun. Interestingly, Elijah Bryant played against the Nets last year. Ah, so he did. And he got actual minutes. He played like five minutes a game in the Nets series. Which yeah, is... that was a weird one, because we didn't play Bobby Porter's at all that series, did we? No. Which, which, I think that was because we wanted to play Giannis as much as we could. Yeah, true. But, and also, KD, on Bobby, KD would have ended up playing against Bobby Porter's probably. In. Yeah. Budenholzer probably thought, saw that and was like, no. Yeah. Not a chance. Not a chance. Right, so we obviously that that's our first round matchups done for the East. If we jump onto the West, I've got Phoenix taking the Clippers or the Pelicans in five. If it's the Pelicans, it's in four. If it's the Clippers, it's five. Yeah, it's probably about right. Um, is Kawhi coming back? I don't know. Not sure. I, I reckon he, that they'll still manage. If he does, to then they might six. Um, maybe, maybe. But if he doesn't, then yeah, five's probably probably about right. Yeah. Although I'll tell you the series I am really looking forward to, right? And it's actually probably the, one of the most exciting series I think we'll get throughout the playoffs. The Grizzlies and Timberwolves. Honestly, I, I think this is a four or five as well, though. You, th- I think, you think? Oh, I don't I know. Think, I think Grizzlies are having them. <laughs> oh, no, I, I think the Grizzlies are going to have them, but I think it's going at least six. And I reckon that even, even if it went four, I think all the games are going to be relatively exciting. Maybe. There's a lot of young players in those like those teams combined that are going to be great fun to watch. Mm. But I reckon five, maybe six at a push for the Grizzlies in that one. Oh, the, the Nets don't don't end up playing the uh, the Raptors, unfortunately. No, they don't. I think we get whoever wins that series. <laughs> I'm ready to say it, and it'll be Miami versus Philly or Toronto. I think that's yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but. 3-6, Warriors Nuggets. Let's see if the MVP can do MVP things. Oh, Probably not. I think that's going to be a really good series. It's also quite a shame because one of the better teams in the West is going to be out in the first round. But yeah, I, I, I see the Warriors winning that one, honestly. Yeah, I do. I've got it in six. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe even in less. I mean, the, the second round in the, in the West is going to be insane, but the, the <laughs> first round, I think, is pretty... It's pretty heavily affected yeah. towards the top six. Yeah, I think you're spot on on that one. And then we've got Dallas and Utah as well. Which, yeah, I think the Mavs are taking this in five or six. Yeah, I've, I've got you on that one. Although, right, let's let's call it now, right? Who's winning the Western Conference? Right now. Uh, L- looking oh. at the matchups we've got for the playoffs so far, 
who's going all the way to the finals from the West? Wouldn't it be fun if it was Memphis? But you can't you can't say anyone except Phoenix, really, can you? You'd be a silly man to bet against Phoenix. I would like to see Memphis make it. I think they would be really fun to watch. Me too. Right? Me too. But on the other side of that is I don't think Phoenix are losing. Yeah, you can't. I mean, the Warriors could be could be either of them as well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really tough. This this second round between Warriors and, and Memphis, I think, is going seven, and I don't know who's winning it. It's going to be a close one. I reckon Memphis take it purely on the home court advantage. Maybe, yeah. They then get Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals, and the Suns take it in seven. Yes, Suns are taking the the Mavericks in maybe six, mm-hmm. um, and then it's what Suns versus Suns Grizzlies in the in the finals, or even Suns Warriors, and I think the Suns take that in whatever it is. But I can't, I I, I honestly can't predict that Warriors matchup. I do know. No, that, that's going to be a tough one. Um, and then if we go to the East, let's do the same in the East, right? So we've got the Heat, and we're saying Toronto or Philly to take the series. He and Toronto. Toronto are taking it, surely. <laughs> I would like to think so. I would like to think Toronto then take that in six. Against Heat? Yep. I think they could. I definitely think they could. I reckon they could take it. I think Miami are going to get to the second round and they're just going to fall apart. We're going to find out that Jimmy Butler isn't vaccinated. And then... <laughs> oh, there we go. That's when it all comes out. And then we've got the Bucks. And if we're saying Boston wins in seven, we've got Bucks in Boston. I reckon we win that. Which the Bucks win in six, I think. I don't know. I reckon it goes in seven. Mm, I don't know. What's our record? I reckon against Boston this year. Two, I think we tied. Right? Yeah, it was two-two, but they had the tiebreaker in some well, way. One of the games, so they had the tiebreaker because of conference records or something. Ah, that's silly. Um, but it was two-two. But one of the games only Drew played. Because Grayson so did, actually, hit, yeah. hit, hit the shot to send it to overtime. But we've only played them once since they've been good. And we beat them. So, yeah. but admittedly, Tatum wasn't playing in that game. So, you know. I reckon. See, I reckon that'd be a tough one. To be honest, see if we get the Celtics or the Nets, I reckon we're in for a hell of a series, regardless. Yeah, I think Nets take us to seven. I think mm-hmm. Celtics we do in six. But I think there's a chance Celtics beat Nets in seven because I think both. But but both those teams are going to be shattered coming out of that first round. And yeah, that's going to be a grueling matchup. We're just going to have swept the Bulls, and so it's going to be. It's interesting because am I not right in saying the Celtics and the Nets met in the first round last year as well? They did. To which Nets took it in five. In five, Nets in five, yeah. The, the Celtics nicked one because I remember being delighted at the fact they took one so it tired the Nets out slightly. Jason Tatum scored like 50-something in one of the games yeah. to, to win in one of them, but then he was really bad in two of the other ones. Yeah, so he kind of ruined it. But, uh, That's so Tatum. If, if, he, uh, if, if, he's, if he can get some consistency, if he can play at, his, at the high level yeah. that he can, and he has been the second half of the season, then and that's why he's in MVP like fourth and fifth in MVP. Yeah. Um, if he can consistently play at that level, then he's one of the best players in the league. And so we'll see. They're going to need him to play consistently throughout this whole play, so they have any chance of going. Yeah, on absolutely. Then he's going to have to take a, on a lot for them. But uh, I don't know. I reckon oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good series that. And then right. So the, then we've, we've got we've been around run. six. Yep. Oh, that'd be nice. I'd like to do that in less. Me too, but I, I don't think... I'd do. like to do that in five, so we not only do we win it at home, but we kind of make them look shit. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be nice. But yeah, and then we've got a rematch of the finals from last year. Um, we've got the Suns and the Bucks. I reckon as much as this goes against the whole Bucks and Six thing, I have Bucks and Seven for that one. <laughs> I, would, I would love it to be Bucks and Six. Bucks and Six. But it I might be Bucks and Seven. Yeah, but I think... I don't, I don't think the Suns have actually got any stronger from last year. No, 
I just think the teams around them haven't been quite as good. Yeah, I think that is. I I agree, and I think they they've been a bit more they've been more consistent in their execution. Mm-hmm. They've had another year better chemistry. They've been slightly yeah. better at the team. The but... only thing that worries me is so one of the guys I work with is a big Suns fan. Mm-hmm. Well, Arizona sports fan in general, but he has made the fair point of they they'll have the hunger from getting beat last year. They were they were two nil up and they went on to lose four straight, so they've got something to prove. And it's actually a bit like a revenge match as well, isn't it? Oh, for sure. The, it would be I think it'd be a tough series, but I reckon we still just came out on top. The uh they will definitely want revenge, but but um and so they'll they'll definitely have that advantage like mentally, but I don't think they mm-hmm. have they will or at least that would be a positive for them mentally. But well that's what I was gonna say. That's I think and might not necessarily be a positive. I don't think they'll have the advantage on, on us me- mentally anyway, because nah. um so Giannis as a personality has completely changed really in the last yeah. couple of years, I think. I think his Absolutely. whole mentality towards the game has, has completely reformed. When he was when he was on the come of his first couple of MVP seasons, he was very, you know, very, you know, having a great time, you know, being very um loud and highlight worthy on the um on the court and you'd see him like you'd see him chatting a bit every now and then yeah. he'd be talking he'd be saying stuff to the other teams and then you know he did get humbled a bit you know he didn't do well in either of the playoffs the, the, the you know the Raptors and then the Heat series mm-hmm. um, he wasn't great in, and he sort of sat down and said yeah you know, you know what I need to take some time and I'm going to I need to start thinking like this properly if I want to win I need to win and he hasn't and while it's maybe less entertaining for us to watch the games on the court it's not but you know he's less of a you know, a, a huge character on the court. He's, he's still a character, obviously. That's the thing, though. He's, he's still it's throws different. down monster dunks, and his game has completely changed, you know? Yeah. It, so I, a, I, sorry, I'm go away. He, he, he's just got a completely different mindset to what, to what he used to have. And the Suns remind me, in a way, of those early Bucks teams. When you see those those highlights of them after the games doing all the dancing and all this other yeah. stuff that makes them seem very... And they're all very half and a great time. That's what Giannis was like for a while. And he was very, very... Yeah, yeah, you know, having a great time, having a great time. Maybe not too focused on the actual game, more focused on having a bit of fun and stuff. And that, now you're thinking, you know, let's actually let's yeah. actually win some stuff. Let's let let's sit down. And you know, fair play to the Suns. Now, there's obviously been a lot of stuff on Twitter about um, the Timberwolves in relation to their celebrations of winning a playing game, right, and making the playoffs, <laughs> right. Sorry, just because you touched on it there, but hey, that, the that's fair enough for the Timberwolves, though. They they know yeah. they're not going to win the they know they're not going to win the championship, and it's the first time they've been in the playoffs. For a while, they're a team that yeah. doesn't get in the playoffs often. Well, the thing is, all right, I have got no issue whatsoever with players celebrating the fact they've won something because it, they have won something in terms of they made the playoffs. Very few people would have given them the backing to say, "Yeah, you're going to make it." We didn't. Right? No, <laughs> I can, exactly. I can, I can, we yeah. said they were going to be eleventh, and you know, there you go. They are the seventh that, that was fair, and there you go, and they've deserved it. But then you got the same with the Suns because they did it last year when they won the Western Conference. They went away yeah. and had their parade when they went back to Phoenix, and they were fucking yep. about. I don't have an issue with it, right? I, I, I don't agree with it to an extent because you're still in the tournament. No, you're, still, no. you're going through the final, so you should st- still try and stay focused. Perfectly within the right set. But then um, you look back on it now and you go, you know what, the Suns then got beat in the finals. So, well, fair play look for going to celebrate the Western win because you I still mean, won the conference. And, and and there's still a great photo of, uh, you've definitely seen it, um, of, of the Bucks, or like a comparison between the two. Like mm-hmm. the... The Suns, after they won the finals, they had like some drinks and they had like there was drinks everywhere and stuff and they and they were all holding up the trophy and stuff. And the <laughs> the Bucks dressing room afterwards, they were just sitting there on their phone, <laughs> like sure the t-shirts, <laughs> just vibing because jobs not finished. That, that's the thing though, they were still so focused. I reckon a lot of that came down to Yanis as well. Mm. 
because of his mentality, which I am in the middle of reading. Even his... that. <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. I am in the middle of reading his book, right? And it is fucking mind blown. And I know there'll be people here who have read it, especially if you're listening to America, I put money and you've read it already. We're months behind because it took a while to get delivered here, right? But it is mind blown, like reading through his story. And I went to the Glasgow Rocks game a couple last week, last Sunday. Hey, Sunday just passed. And was chatting away at the GM and introduced me to a Greek guy who happened to live 15 minutes away from the corner of Sapolia where Yanis and Tanasis used to play. And it turns out that, he, well, one, he's always had that mentality, but also Tanasis has, is still just as mental off the court as he was on it. Like when you <laughs> see him all excited and bubbly, they're just like that off the court as well. I say, I love this. Yeah, I think, yeah, I... Because there are people out there that, that, that question whether or not this whole down-to-earth thing is is real. You know, is he putting on a persona? But I think he's just, yeah, he's just he's just in in the zone Actually, now. But I don't even think it's that. See, when you like, you read the book and they go away, and also the authors went away and spoke to so many folk about his upbringing, about him going through the, sort of playing basketball as a younger kid. Well, I say younger kid, you know, as a kid, and moving through, and he was always the same. He was staying back after practice and continuously trying things that went wrong for him. And that he, you know, if he missed a dunk, he would spend an hour slam dunking the ball at the end of the game, kind of thing. Clearly working, which he's clearly done this season especially. It's, it's the, the new thing I'm been... looking out for is in games when the Bucks have their dancers out doing all the dancing stuff. Giannis mm-hmm. is standing there shooting free throws, and yeah. I've never even seen him. But the people in the stadium say, say that he has. They must avoid him in, on the cameras. But I'm looking every time I'm watching those halftime shows to see him. <laughs> Apparently he's there that, every time. That's the thing. So it goes to show that he's still doing his best. He still wants to improve. You know, is I still stand by he's the best player in the NBA just now right, as an all-round player. I know people argue KD and obviously Jokic is winning MVP. Uh, but I stand by as an all-round player, Giannis takes it. It's a two-man thing between him and KD. Uh, it's him at the moment for now, obviously <laughs> after last year. Yeah. No. Like, KD can show some stuff this year and, and prove that it might be him. Um, I don't, you know, whether he does or not, maybe if we get Bucks Nets in the second round, again, it's going to be another battle for who's the best player in the league. Absolutely. But it, it, it is Giannis at the moment. And it's KD. Oh, it's his to lose, for sure, this place. Absolutely. It, just, it goes to show, because obviously Giannis, is, obviously his mid-range has improved. His three-point three point shoot has improved. Mm. And he, he's completely went away from the whole rhetoric of I was just a running dunk guy. His mid-range this year has been so, so good. He's shooting 42%, which is the same as Kyrie Irving from the mid-range. Like that's can, I, can I just take a minute to appreciate the fact that you've remembered that off the top of your head, by the way? Obviously, we record these on Skype and Zoom. Matt has nothing in front of him and has literally just went, boom, I know the answer to it's, this. It, it's a stat that, I, that I'm a big fan of. Because, and the, re- <laughs> the reason it got, it got me, because there was a Bulls fan that commented on... On, on that stat, this this was weeks ago now, but it got to me, and he said this is still this is still horrible, forty two percent, because you know Giannis shoots sixty percent from the field really, because mm-hmm. all of his shots are dunks, um, but they're not <laughs> yeah. well, or they were, they're not anymore, but forty two percent from the mid range is insane. Demar Derozan is the best mid range shooter in the league, and he shoots forty eight percent, so to be being sixty percent off the best shooter in the league, that's good, that's that's very good. It's it's higher than league average. He was shooting thirty percent last year or something. But apart from that, it goes. It makes it so much more difficult for teams to guard on there because there used to be the team, and it pissed everyone off. Yanis would run up and just take a random three-point shot with like twenty seconds left on shot clock, right? (laughs) But it bugged everyone. No, that's the thing. One, it doesn't do anymore. But when he takes a three-point shot, you're now saying, "Right, this could actually go in." 
I remember you used to be able, you used to be able to tell when he was going to do it. Yep. What would happen is they'd have a couple of uh, there'd be a couple of possessions where the Bucks wouldn't score. They'd be looking and, and uh, they, they would concede a couple of points in the other end. So there'd be like a it would be like a six and zero run to the other team. And Giannis would cut would bring the ball up the court, and you could see his knees bend in that awkward way they do when he shoots. And like, no, <laughs> no. Here he comes. He's going to fucking brick it. And then like one the every two games would go in, and you'd be like, yes, he's going to continue oh, trying yeah. that for more. <laughs> but, and then, but, yeah, and you get annoyed when he makes one because he's like, no, because now he's going to still do it. <laughs> but thing is, what he's clearly matured and learned from that because, like we're saying, not only does he not really take those shots anymore, but if he now lines up a three point shot. You're generally looking at going, yeah, the teams are going to have to give him a bit of, you know, respect here. Same with the mid-range, because you know, sorry. Yeah, he's getting people up in the air sometimes. Sometimes he can pump fake people on the three-point line. Admittedly, if you're getting pump fake by Giannis on the three-point line, you're a bad defender. But it it happens. (laughs) People are getting done by it. It does, though. And it just has added such a new aspect to his um, offense, because obviously now it's got to the point that instead of defenders standing off and going, yeah, you know what, mate, on you go, take the three-point shot take the long two, off you go, let's see how it goes. They're now having to contest it, and by them coming out, it gives them the opportunity to either pass or run in himself. Yeah, exactly. They have to at least respect it. And, and, and because of that, it just creates even more space on the floor for, an, for a player that was already an incredible floor spacer because he can get, instead of him coming in and, and then kicking it out, he can also just stand up to the key and someone has to respect him and come out to him. You know, he, 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 he is the player that is double teamed in the league the most. Second is Joel Embiid, but he's number one. And because of that, he creates so much for everyone else, and that's the that's that's the difference between whether the Bucks win or the Bucks lose, is what everyone else does. Because Giannis will get his, and he always will get his. I, I said this. It's, one, it's whether or not everyone else can do their job. I said there's one of my good mates is a Bills fan um, who's recently joined Twitter, by the way. So feel free to go abuse him. Um, his name's Stuart. I can't remember his handle, but it's on there somewhere. Um, if you listen, go abuse him for being a Bills fan. He's taught his four-year-old son to shout "Bucks suck, Bills rules." Um, <laughs> Is a bit of a dick, but um, I was like, I was trying to say to him, I was like, see if you can stop Chris or Giroud having a good game, you'll beat the Bucks because Giannis yeah. will score 30 40 points, right? You can't stop him doing that, he will score no matter what you do, right? If you can prevent one of the other two doing something decent, you have a chance of taking the game. Well, that's what's so much so good about the Bucks now is that you have to stop both of them, yeah. even if you even if you stop Drew, Chris is going to have a, if Chris has a game, you're you're done. We only need one of them to have a game. And because that's, that, that was the story of last year's playoffs. The games we lost is where both of them had bad games. And the games we won was when at least one of them did something. Because like, you'd have the games where Chris would score 40 and Drew would have like 10. But we'd win because we, Giannis would still be doing his thing. And you only need one of them to do something. But then Drew Holiday's also been one of the best fourth quarter players in the league this year. I was just going to say that. There's been games where he has done very little through the first three quarters of the game and all of a sudden finishes the yeah. game with like 25 points. Yeah, you go and he'll go on an 8-0 and run on his own in with nine minutes left in the fourth or something to get to like either bring us back into a game or push us ahead in the game. The yeah. 76ers game where Giannis got that block. Drew has... Giannis had a 15-point scoring, 15-point consecutive. And then Drew just completely took over as well. And that's what's so good about Drew Holiday and not Eric Bledsoe, is that he can just take over every now and then. Correct. And, you know, I know this gets touched on a lot in regards to, like, Chris Middleton's contract, and even Giroud's obviously on a big contract. You've got Giannis on Supermax. I think every single one of them are worth their money. Absolutely. Because they all bring, all three of them bring various things to the team that to, collectively, because I think it's the best big three in the league. As it no, stands. It yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. I don't think there's another team in the NBA that can turn around and go, actually, ever best three players could outplay yours. No, because the, 
the only team that even have a top three talent that could that are even good, right? Like you taking a beard Harden and Maxi, maybe I guess, but get Maxie, rid of Harden. Nah, get rid Maxie of Harden. Harden so inconsistently, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, you, you, uh, you're looking at, you're looking at Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and those that's your probably second best trio <laughs> yeah. in the Um, and I'm taking Giannis over Devin Booker. Would I take I'd take Chris Paul? Mm, well, I'd, uh, I'd maybe take Chris Paul over one of them, but not both of them. I'll take both no, of them but, over Chris Paul and Aiden, as opposed yep. to. So yeah, so as a two, Middleton and Holiday are, are better than having the other two, Aiden and Chris Paul. But maybe yep. you take Chris Paul and then one of Middleton and Holiday. I don't know which one I'd choose. That'd be a toss-up coin. Let's be honest. Yeah, it'd be a but, tough one that to decide who you take. But they were saying, I think definitely the best big, the best main three, big three, whatever you want to call them. In the league, yeah. No. The only people that really that really get to them in value is Katie and Kyrie as two. <laughs> are both pretty good. Yeah, no, that is spot on. But again, <laughs> see if Ben Simmons comes on for the next because there's no talk of him potentially playing in the playoffs. For, yeah, yeah. I think it's like the last three games of round one is he's, where he's aiming to play. He's right. not going to be if, there though. Even if he nah. is there, he's not going to be there. Like, nah. you can't come back from an injury immediately into the playoffs, especially when so much of what has caused him issues was the playoffs and he's not like he's such a unique player that the scheme of the team needs to be built around him you need to build the scheme around him which is the big issue in in philadelphia he you know him and joel had big fallouts because the scheme in 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 philadelphia was built around simmons and not the best player in b and that's going to have to happen in brooklyn next year is you have to build your defensive scheme and your offensive scheme around this player who's so limited in what he can do but is also so talented in what he can do so like it's, they're not going to be able to just chuck him out there and do stuff because there are some, obviously there are players that you can just say, yeah, like Chris Middleton, you could put Chris Middleton on any team in the league and he'd get his every night, you know, because he, like, he, he's a player that does a bit of everything and he could go out and do that on any team. But you can't do that with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons needs to be, because offensively he needs to have the ball, right, which is, are they going to give him the ball? First of all, he needs the ball at the start then he can't end up with the ball. You can't give him shots offensively. He needs to be there to dunk and that's it. Um, he's basically Rudy Gobert with Jokic's passing. <laughs> but without... Yeah, like, defensively, he's really good. He's not... He's not, But he can't defend Giannis. So, no, doesn't matter. <laughs> if I was a Nets, I wouldn't play Ben Simmons this season. No. I don't it's, it's for exact reasons you're saying that it's not going to benefit anyone, right? He comes back, plays a few games, right? Unless he comes away and scores 50 points a night... <laughs> it is crazy good that a silence is all these hours. It's not going to happen because all it will take is one brick shot, one poor game, and it's going to be back but, to where it was. Because and it would be expected though, because like you're saying, he's coming off a big injury. He's not going to be ready to go, and he's he's mentally not going to be there either, really. Yeah. But he, he he's basically Giannis from like five years ago, mm-hmm. and not even that good. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see though next season if they keep Simmons and. Um, KD and KD together, right? And you got that as a big three. How they then develop as a big three? Now, over a season and give them give them a whole season together, then then we can talk about scary, but mm-hmm. not this year, not this right. year. And then and you've got to think as KD and as Kyrie, you know, we came here. I think they would have been a lot better last year if they hadn't traded for Harden as well. Yeah, I know. Spot on if that Harden trade doesn't go through, I'm far more scared of them than I was. Well, I think we were both scared of them at the time, but. The big issue was, though, is that it was that nobody had seen the big three play back last season for them. They played, what, exactly. 14, 15 games or something? And there wasn't enough to say, 
right? We can beat them, or they're going to be you know flying ahead. Yeah, we didn't know, so. No. But then. Whereas, you know, it'd, it'd be yeah. interesting to see. I, like we were saying, I don't think he should play this season. If he does, it's a big risk. Yeah, Katie and Kyrie have got to be annoyed about the fact that they came here. They had their first season written off immediately because Katie had his Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. They had their second year written off essentially because of all the injuries, the COVID stuff, then the. Uh, then whatever happened in the playoffs, we well, I don't know. They've had, they've had their third year written off because Harden has been traded for a guy that can't play, and so that's three years that they've essentially wasted. Where they could have been, they could have signed to a different team, the Knicks, for example. Which is well, that's, an, that's an interesting thing, right? I wonder what the, the Nets will do next season. Will they keep them all together? Will they see about maybe disbanding them? Will they give it one more go? I think they've got to give it one more it's, go. It's, it's because especially, see, see the ownership. The ownership can't be best pleased, right? Because you've went through, you've paid all this money. For contracts, you've got rid of all your draft picks essentially to bring players in, and the furthest you've got to second round. Yep. Well, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I, obviously, you know, this this year could blows out the park, they could go away and win everything, but I don't see them beating the Suns in the finals anyway. I don't think that would happen, even yeah. if even if Simmons was on fire and hitting fucking everything. <laughs> the, I don't know, I just you must be pissed off, like. Steve Nash as well. Do you look at keeping him? Do you then look at bringing someone else in? That's surely not. Like, I don't think Steve Nash is a good coach. No, he's not. But do you keep him there just for the consistency of you've then got the opportunity to build those three players and the coach who's been there for a while and see what happens? Because, yeah, it's going to be such a complex plan next season. I, I think they have to keep them together because you don't... Well, the vaccine stuff will have less of an effect next year. Yeah. As people are coming out of stuff. So they should be able to play an entire year at least. And they've got better. Seth Curry's good. Joe Harris will be back because he's out for this playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. That's another reason that they might lose to the Celtics is because they're missing <coughs> one of the very good players. Um, their best three-point shooter who turned into Ben Simmons when he played the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Honestly, uh, Bucks legend Joe Harris. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think they have to keep it together and go again because... You still haven't seen what they're like at their best. Still. No, I know. That's what blows my mind. Like, it must be frustrating as hell as a Nets fan. I know they've also had years where they were struggling. You know, They were never a great team. But all of a sudden, they've got all these players that, that you would have expectations. Why wouldn't you? Much like we do. We've got Yanis, Chris and Giroud. We have expectations for the team. I ran a poll on Twitter that nearly 60% of over 200 folk came back and said they expected the Bucks to win the championship this year. That's, their, on, that's their honest opinion of where they think we'll go. Ink me. Yeah, there you go. And it's the way it should be, right? So the next of well, next fans on it have obviously got these expectations. That it must be painful watching that. Yeah, but I think it's far now. Now that we've done it, and I think it's far easier for us to have those expectations because we know we can, mm-hmm. and especially for those expectations to be realistic as well. For Nets fans, I can still see how like they've got enough excuses now that they can say, "Oh, this and this and this." For us, Thanks. we don't have any excuses if we don't nah. if we don't do well. There's no, there's if you don't win, it's fault. Yeah, it's it, exactly. Whereas the Nets can say, "Well, you know, um, Ben Simmons wasn't playing, or he wasn't at full fitness, yeah, or right. whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have Joe Harris, and we didn't have this. We didn't have that. Whereas, which is fair enough. And so they can say, "So next year, when we do have all of these things, and all the things do go our way, then it's fine." But Nets fans, I think, I think they're, maybe they are being realistic about the fact that, you know, the reason you haven't won is because you've picked players that are A, injury prone, and B, known to be difficult, right? Yeah. Kyrie is known to be a difficult bloke. No offense to him. 
I'm sure he's a great guy. In fact, I've, many people say that he is actually a very nice bloke. Mm-hmm. But he's just very, and maybe more basketball players should be like this, but he's very self-oriented and he's very, you know, I'm going to do what's best for me in life. Which is, you know, you can't argue about that. Yeah, fair that's, that's fair Absolutely, enough. Absolutely, fair play. Do that. But sometimes when you're a team, it, it makes it a bit annoying. <laughs> um, no, that's true. Um, and yeah, KD, after his injury, at least, I don't, I, you know, whatever is, he, he gets injured a lot. He does. You know, that's like three injuries he's had in the last couple of years that he's, he's been out for serious time. It's, and I'd put money on him getting injured again next year for a, for a, for a period of time. Yeah, you know, durability is part of a part of a championship. Maybe even he's going to, you know, maybe I hope he doesn't. But KD could get injured this playoffs. And then again, we'll be talking about, oh, yeah, the Bucks had a hospital ring or whatever because no one was playing. Yeah, correct, blah, blah, blah. Right. I've got one <laughs> last question for you before we go here, right? Now, my vote is going to Pat Connaughton for this, right? Because, one, I loved him last year, and I kept getting stick for it. And Pat with a ring has came through and been fucking superb this year, right? Who is your role player that's going to make a big difference for the Bucks in the yes, championship so run? Pat Pat was bad last year uh, in the regular season, but in the playoffs he showed up, and this year he has definitely showed up. Role player of the role player for the Bucks, though, honestly. And he's going to get he's going to get stick as well. He won't, honestly, the most underrated, I'll, I'll give you this, the most underrated role player for the Bucks will be Wesley Matthews. He's going to be extremely overrated by yep. everyone. A- everyone's going to ha- be having goes at him consistently because he's going to break a couple of threes. But what pe- people won't see the defensive stuff that he'll do. And I honestly believe he's going to be the most important player for us. Not, well, not the most important, but I think he's, he'll, be, he'll be up there. And they're on the role player list, he'll be... That's a good call. He's, he's got a lot to do. That's a good call. He would have rounded up my top three. It would have been Pat Connor and Bobby Portis, Wesley Matthews. Yeah, would we, have been I mean, my top three for rolling. Like, go for it. But I reckon we're in for a hell of a season. And if we have those eight, never mind anyone else. I think we're going to throw away anyway. Yeah, honestly, our, our playoff rotation should be Drew, Wes, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, Bobby, Pat, Grayson. Full stop. Tenacious. But those are the only people that should be playing in the playoffs. I'm sorry, George Hill. Right. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. Right. Javon Carter should be playing over George Hill anyway. Not that he is. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd give Javon Carter some minutes. I would, I not, would too. I'm not saying he would get masses of minutes, but I don't think he'd be a bad player to have in at certain points. No, I think he should. I think he should be getting minutes as well, but he won't. And I think, be, like, being realistic about it, I don't think he will get minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he, and, it, and George Hill's going to get, George Hill probably will get minutes because, you know, you, you do need a backup point guard at times. But uh, honestly, I, I, I say, we don't need a backup play. So you can play Grayson and, and Pat when Drew's off and then have Giannis or Chris bring the ball up. Just, yeah. just have that. You don't need George Hill to play. No, that is true. That's a fair way to look at because, it. Because, I mean, Giannis played point guard for an entire season of his career. <laughs> exactly. And, and honestly, well, honestly, it's Giannis should have this season go down as him playing centre. He played centre this season. Mm-hmm. If you look at how he played, Bobby Portis was playing power forward on the court. Uh, I suppose defensively he was maybe guard in the centre, but... Yannis should have this season written down that he played centre, that he started all his games at centre. And so then he can be one of the players that started every single position in basketball. I like your thinking. Is it much like we don't want Drew Holiday for his bonus, start Yannis at centre for a game just for the fun of it. Game four of the Bulls, when we're already 3 0 up in the series and we're going to take the series three penalty, <laughs> get him in as a centre. If, if, if you go on Yannis' position thing, right, on basketball reference, it says position. Power forward, small forward, point guard, and shooting guard. And that's because he's played for an entire season at one of those positions. He played at Senate this year. Recategorize him, basketball reference. 
say center, and so that means he played every he's played every position. <laughs> Mate, you've already got Tenacity's nickname on basketball reference. Go get that sorted on basketball. I'll leave him. Get that. The is, I think the official records stand that Bobby Portis technically started at center. Ah, lies. Anyway, we will call it a day there. Um, back to repeating. We're going to sweep the Bills. We will be back at some point throughout the playoffs chatting. Hopefully throughout the Bill series with a plan to get back for another episode. As always, Matt, thank you for joining me. Box in six. Box in six.